On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Rami Nasser from From the Ground Up Socks. Man, what a great conversation. Uh, we talked all about product sourcing, which is super, super interesting. Uh, if you guys know anything about what I think about products, I really do believe product and offer are, are number one, and then marketing comes after that. And so he searched and searched and searched and found an incredible product. And I think that you guys are going to get a lot of lessons out of his search um, for trying to find uh, the perfect product. Uh, and now that he's uh, got the perfect product, uh, he's nailed it and people want it uh, everywhere. And so um, it's a really, really inspiring story. And I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this one. Before we begin, we wanted to let you know some really exciting news and something that we've never talked about before on the podcast. Our team at Mindful Marketing is growing, and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. Now, on to today's episode. All right, I am here with Rami Nasser from from the ground up socks. Welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Hey, thanks for having me, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, nice to have somebody nice and close. I can almost see you from my window here down in Seattle. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, I think you and I share Mount Baker together, so that's Yeah, that's yeah exactly. You're looking at the back side of it, I'm looking at the front side, or you might think that's your front side there, so. <laughs> well, I think you guys have the better side, so. <laughs> uh, Rami, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so, uh, my name is Rami. I'm the founder of From the Ground Up Socks. Uh, we're a Pacific Northwest-based sock company creating these high-performance merino wool socks that feature local mountains on them. Well, local in Washington, cool. uh, like Mount Rainier, Mount Baker. We also have the Olympic Mountain Range. And uh, yeah, it's uh, the big thing about our brand is that we are uh, a do-good brand. So the thing we wanted to do is donate to protect our trails and public lands. Uh, so we donate 5% of every sale to our local partners here in Washington called Washington Trails Association. Cool. And uh, they're a nonprofit that's involved in educating um, the outdoors and protecting our trails and, and preserving all those uh, public lands for us. That's awesome. Is that something that's kind of close to your heart or how, like, how did you come upon that? Was this just something you guys wanted to do, like do good as a company or was this actually something that you're passionate about? No, this is definitely something I'm passionate about. Um, environmental protection is really an, a passion of mine. Like, you know, I, I think especially after like four years when, you know, a, a current administration came in and, and decided that they weren't going to do that much to protect the environment. Um, it really kind of fell on me to, or it felt like my calling to kind of go out and, and um, protect the environment. And especially now with, with we have like, I think like, the outdoor industry is booming. I think in the last 10 years, there have been 12 million new hikers. Wow. Uh, and with that explosive growth, I know, right? Yeah. With that explosive growth, though, you know, there comes uh, the importance of trail maintenance, trail etiquette, um, and the whole, you know, trace principles. And so that's really what the basis of From the Ground Up is about. It's really about creating a high-performance product that also protects the environment. Cool, cool. Well, let's talk about your product a little bit. What was there like a gap in the market that you saw that you're like, man, nobody is making this kind of sock, um, or or was this just like, oh yeah, I know somebody's making this, I'm gonna do it too. Like like where where did this where did the product come from and 
and, and why is it better and why is it needed for hikers? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, so there was nothing really like our stocks on the market. Um, I actually kind of had this realization one day when I was on a three-day backpacking trip with some friends. I, I packed the wrong pair of socks. I think I was wearing those Nike crew socks, the ones that most, most people wear. On and, a three-day uh, hike? <laughs> yeah, on a three-day hike. I know. I was, I was pretty experienced <laughs> at the time. So I quickly, quickly learned the importance of a merino wool sock um, because I definitely wore a hole through those and uh, blistered my feet. So uh, I ended up um, shopping around for better hiking socks, but everything I found in the market was either itchy or boring or, or just kind of ugly. Uh, and so I kind of dawned upon me, like, you know, the outdoor industry is booming Younger people are getting into hiking. Brands in the outdoor space are starting to become more versatile in their apparel. Like look at, you know, brands like North Face where they have high performance gear, but at the same time, it's something that, you know, you could wear on a day, a trip to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so you notice, you know, the, the outdoor apparel space was evolving, but everything in the stock industry relatively stayed the same. Uh, and so I saw an opportunity to, you know, kind of capitalize on the beauty of the Pacific Northwest and create a really stylish, versatile sock that um, had the same replicants of like a merino wool sock or had that same level of performance. Gotcha, gotcha. But something that you actually wanted to wear. Yeah, yeah. Something my friends and I would actually wear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the development of that. Was this like, like were you already in sock manufacturing and you're just like, yeah, man, we're just going to like create this other sock or, or did you have to kind of start <laughs> this is not a pun from the ground up. <laughs> That's why I named that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, honestly, I had no experience in the sock space. Um, I started this brand up a couple years ago. Uh, I really just came down to me doing a lot of research and trying to find the best manufacturers in the country. And I really wanted to ensure that, you know, we were keeping all of our production domestic because there's a lot of things that are out of your control when you go, you know, outsource overseas and all mm -hmm. that. Uh, so yeah, I knew that, you know, I knew what I wanted to find. Um, I didn't know much about stocks really, but I did a lot of research, probably about five or six months of, of diligent research on like what some of the best material is, um, you know, learning about different, different quality trends, knit counts and all that stuff. And I found this sock mill down in North Carolina where that's where a ton of stock manufacturers are at. Um, and just kind of started a conversation with them and told them what I was kind of looking for and told them what kind of sports I was into. And we really worked together to create a stock that, that would uh, perform really well and meet up with my standards. Cool. Cool. What sort of experience did you have before this that, that allowed you to start to grow this company? Yeah. So, I mean, I have a very entrepreneurial background. Um, my, my family had a business growing up that I worked in from probably, you know, the age of six to, to when I got to college. Yeah. And so to kind of see that happen on the forefront, um, see how my, you know, how my mom would make her own money. Uh, I definitely had that entrepreneurial background from the get go. And then uh, really kind of doubled down on that when I was in college. Um, so I studied entrepreneurship, communication and sales at the university of Washington. Okay, cool. And yeah. And at the time I, I would, you know, I'd done a couple of side hustles here and there. And um, I started this like, I started a, a, you know, a necklace business that was an aromatherapy uh, necklace that helped st students study better for their exams based off of like the scent-based memory thing. Okay, okay. And, uh, yeah, and from there I kind of learned the fundamentals of like starting your own business and 
I also took a class at the UW called uh, Creating a Company, which is an amazing two-credit cl- or two-quarter class uh, where they simulate you actually uh, running your own business. So the idea is that you know the first quarter of the class, you form a team, you come up with an idea, and you guys kind of triple down on your strengths and figure out who's good. Yeah, and then um, put together your entire pitch, your presentation, your financial forecasts, all that stuff, and then you pitch it to actual investors at the end of the quarter. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, and so if they like your stuff, it's kind of like it was kind of like a college Shark Tank in a way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And if they like your brand, uh, then they would give you actual upfront revenue to, to capital to uh, start your business. And then the following quarter, you basically use that money to grow and sell and and make your products and all that. Yeah. And so I think at the end of the class, we ended up you know raising two thousand dollars in profit. Like I was standing outside of libraries, hawking these necklaces to students going to study, and yeah, you know yeah, it was yeah. kind of a little experience. So. Uh, I think like after all of that, like, you know, I definitely learned that at my core, I'm an entrepreneur and I knew that I was going to be working for myself long-term anyway. And so that's kind of why I got into uh, this outdoor space. Cool. Cool. Let's talk about, about the socks for a second here. So how are you, is, is this like a, like a just strictly direct consumer play? Are you guys in, um, you, we talked a little bit before the podcast uh, episode about wholesale drying up. I'm assuming that you guys are in some stores. How, how has that growth been? And, and to talk me through that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we're currently carried in like seven retailers across Seattle. Okay, um, cool. We actually, yeah, we actually just locked down a, a large um, multi-store chain. Uh, they have like 15 locations called PCC markets. Uh, and they basically have like 15 stores all across Washington. So that was kind of a big wholesale win for us. But um, yeah, honestly, like my initial strategy was to, uh, do direct to consumer. So I go to different markets here and there, like really just hard pushing stocks on people. Yeah. Um, and then it got to the point where I was able to enter that wholesale space. And, uh, and from there it started to take off. I started to generate a lot more revenue for the brand. And, and that eventually led me into uh, e-commerce. So now we basically have three sales ch- uh, channels that we go through. And I, I do a lot of custom work as well for, for companies and for individual parties and stuff. Okay, cool, cool. That's great. Uh, let's talk about, but you know, before we um, actually press record here, we were talking about pivoting uh, a bit. Talk to me about the big pivot that you guys had to make um, during COVID. Yeah. So uh, it's just around the start of COVID. Um, everything basically shut down. My wholesale business was booming and then it stopped. Uh, we actually had a big meeting lined up with uh, one of our larger retailers, a national retailer chain. And uh, as a result of COVID, they ended up shutting down the whole, the whole conversation. Uh, and so, yeah, I know. So for me, I was looking around. I was like, okay, well, I have all this inventory. Like my business is seized up. I don't really know what to do. Um, and I think it took a little bit of time to, to really step back and look at what's going on in the world. And I think that's what a lot of businesses decided to do as well. It's, it's like, okay, something greater than what I'm focusing on is happening. And what can I do to um, help people out in this time? And so that actually inspired me to start a campaign um, where we uh, were donating cases of our socks to healthcare facilities nationwide. Um, and I call that our socks campaign. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of the initial kick where, you know, with the help of the community, we were selling wholesale cases of our socks um, and then customers could ship them out to different hospitals nationwide to help support um, healthcare workers. Cause like our socks were actually high, super high quality and, um, you know, doctors use our compression socks all the time anyway. So we decided to create a channel for people to, you know, show their appreciation for healthcare workers at that time. 
And so that campaign really blew up. I think we launched it in April and we ended up booming online. I think our online sales increased by like 250%, which was wow. insane. Yeah, it was just like, it really just blew up. Uh, Especially so really after the, the, you know, maybe going with like a major retailer, having that totally shut down. Yeah, yeah, it was That's brutal. Just, yeah, and I mean, as we all know, everybody listening to this podcast, if you're, you know, an e-commerce founder, uh, I mean, D2C is always going to be more profitable, right? You're always going to make oh. more money. So like, but I, I would say blessing in disguise. Totally. I mean, it really, it really helped like open my eyes a little bit more. And, and you know, I was, I feel like I was so, so laser focused on just trying to get into wholesale that I was really missing a ton of like what the market was doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It really helped reevaluate things kind of, kind of wipes out like your whole like ego uh, in starting a business and, and it just kind of allows you to be more holistic in your approach to things. Um, totally. It is, it is a bit of an ego, a bit of an ego hit too, right? Because like you could create like a $10 million business selling wholesale yet you're, it's not like you're going to be that profitable, right? If you're yeah. just selling wholesale, you're not going to be nearly as profitable as if you're doing like 5 million on just on, on strictly e-commerce, right? Like you're going to be way more profitable and yet you're not an eight figure business. <laughs> you know? right. exactly exactly so <laughs> you know we got to just move the socks over we can at that point um yeah. yeah so i mean honestly like after that campaign was over i mean we ended up i think we ended up moving 250 cases of socks to 30 hospitals nationwide we were getting photos from nurses all across the country holding their socks smiling through their masks and all that stuff so you know it was definitely a cool piece that we were able to um to like show our customers who like purchased socks for them and um, so that was a big success. And then from that point on, um, you know, I was like, okay, well I can't just keep selling socks. Like there's a bigger issue going on. People have needs for different things. And so I actually got into, um, I got into face masks. And so we ended up, my supply chain started creating some really high quality double layer lycra face masks. And, uh, I kind of decided at that point, like, okay, well, the general public is now mandated in Washington to wear face masks. So it's a booming industry now. And, you know, tons of brands are making masks and everything. So I had to really figure out a way to be different in a way. And yeah. so I think it was right around the announcement of, uh, of our state mandating the masks. I launched a pre-order online saying, hey, we're making these like masks. We had like topographic designs of different mountains like St. Helens and Baker uh, and we were just selling these things on doing a pre-order. And I mean, again, that, like, I think we launched that one in at the start of June and again, just like blew up on online. Like we did another like 150% of our monthly sales just from face masks. Wow. And so, yeah, it's just insane. Like, I mean, I was, I was taking a look at our numbers, our sales figures from, the first two quarters of this year to the first two quarters of like last year. And honestly, the entire year last year. And, um, I, I increased sales by 1200%, which was just insane. And that was just online, not even having to do with like in-person markets or, or, yeah. or anything. So yeah. it was just super cool. And I wasn't using any dollars in advertising either. So that was like a really cool thing to see. It was just very organic online, like, like marketing at yeah. that point. Yeah. So yeah. So now we're, now we're in the business of face masks. And yeah. uh, people are loving that as well. And it's been, it's been really solid growth um, amid this crisis. 
Cool. Hey guys, just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply to start the process today. Now, back to today's episode. Let's talk marketing. What's working for you guys right now, uh, marketing-wise? Yeah. Well, because I'm like, basically, it's just me. I'm a solo entrepreneur. Yeah, um, yeah, very, yeah. Very, very shoestring budget. Like, I don't even... I don't even spend money that I don't have to. And um, a lot of our, our really solid marketing has just been word of mouth and social media, just like organic social media. We have like brand ambassadors who like wrap our stuff online. And they're, I mean, they have people who have like 20, 30,000 followers, like posting about our gear, like wearing them on the trails. And so um, that's been a really solid marketing tool for us. Also let's, going to, hmm? sorry, let's, let's just talk there for, for one second with the brand ambassadors. So what sort of, what sort of app are you using to track all of that? Honestly, I'm not using an app. <laughs> oh, you're just doing it all manually. All manually. Yeah. Yeah. So I basically like, I, I'll be scrolling. I'm a big social media person. So like I'm on Instagram pretty much all day, probably like 12 hours of my day is on social media. Yeah. And I'm out here like finding new, new, inf- like new influencers, people who are like really in the outdoor space, like trail runners and hikers. And, um, and I'm just reaching out to them and I'm offering them like, Hey, I really like your Instagram feed. I like your style. Um, can I throw you, you know, some socks or a mask or something in, in exchange for some, some photos in, the, in return? And uh, most of the time they're like, yeah, absolutely send them our way. Yeah. And so like, yeah, they'll get them, they'll post this on their story. And then like, honestly, all I need is for people to feel our, feel the quality of our stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, turns, it converts them immediately. Uh, so for instance, like we have this one girl, her name's Mercedes and she's a ultra marathoner over in Colorado. And I think she has like 12,000 followers on, on Instagram, but, um, just reached out to her cause I saw her get like featured by REI or something and sent her some socks. And she was, before she was wearing like smart wools and darn tufts and all of her trail runs. And now like, I mean, it's been like probably four months since we met up and she only wears our brand and it's not even for me asking her. It's just her wearing them because she loves the quality and she actually Great. finds benefit. Out of them. Yeah. So it's been, uh, yeah, try to be as scrappy as I can with my marketing budgets. Um, you know, all, all it costs me is like a pair of socks to get somebody yeah. to wear them all the time. Like I'll do that all day. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, recently, I mean, this is actually quite a while ago. I had Steven Brelli from cuts clothing on, um, yeah. and he was talking about how, um, they, they've got in like basically a whole division now at cuts that just reaches out to influencers just to send them product. They don't actually ask for anything in return. So they've gotten like just massive, like, like lots of major league players will wear their shirts. Um, and they'll always get shout outs. They don't ask for it. They just send them out. So I think it's a great strategy. I love, I love that strategy. It's just, it's a lot of work, right? It's it a is. lot of work. It is. I know. And I've been talking to people, I mean, like people are telling me like, hey, you should hire a virtual assistant if you go do all the tedious work for you so you can kind of free yourself up. And, you know, I'm starting to kind of consider that now, but at the same time, like I have the time. So, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. When you're in startup phase, right? You've, you've got that time. Um, I can't imagine doing that now with the multiple companies that we have. And <laughs> like, uh, no, VA, no, no, no. VAs are like <laughs> the next, that's like the next place to go, right? I am, I am yeah. totally with you there that uh, if, if you can afford it, right? And, and that is the next step, I'm totally with you. 
for sure, for sure. Yeah, I think I saw like Stephen Borelli had cut um, clothing. I think Patrick Mahomes was wearing it, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He was talking about all sorts of like like great free celebrity um, sightings that they've got. Like it's it's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rami, I got to ask you the question that I ask everyone, and and you might not be in this place yet, but I still want to know what, what you think. What is your secret to scaling? Yeah. Um, my secret to scaling honestly is small quantities, fast iterations, and, you know, vetting out your suppliers. Um, so I say like small quantities because you don't want to throw yourself down by, you know, purchasing a thousand pairs of socks and then being bogged down with all this inventory you can't move. Um, so I usually order like the smallest possible quantity when I first start out with a new supplier. Yeah. And I'll just test out that material and I'll see if people like it. And if they like it, then I'll basically time my order out for like when my inventory is half done, I'll place a larger order and slowly scale that aspect. Um, iterations are honestly like, that's just customer feedback. Somebody says like, oh, the sock, the sock feels a little too tight around my cap. I'm like, great, we'll loosen that up in the next batch. Yeah. Or, oh, I, mean, I must have missed this like branding opportunity. So like, for instance, now we have, we have like our mountain socks and we have coordinates on the foot and the name on the foot. Um, but now I'm adding a new feature where we put the elevation of the mountain on the back and then we're putting cool. the, yeah. And then we're putting our little like FTGU socks name on the toe so people can kind of like tie it into us. Um, and so it's just like, you know, iter quick iterations like that. And like, again, it just ties back to being agile will really benefit you greatly when you're trying to scale for growth. And then my third point where I talked about, you know, really vetting out your suppliers. It's like, you want to, when I, when I go into any sort of supplier meeting, I'll ask them a list of questions, um, basically surrounding, you know, what's your turnaround time? What is the, like, how many, how much, how many people do you have at the uh, factory? Um, you know, how many orders can you push out in a week? Um, and then I'll like be as candid as possible and be like, listen, if I got a big contract with a national, uh, national retailer tomorrow and we needed like 40,000 pairs of socks in like six months or nine, two months, two months, would you be able to fulfill that? And if the answer is yes, then I'm like, great, what's your price point? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, you, know, you really want to vet them out and make sure that like, if you have to really know that you're going to scale your business. And so you have to interview people who are going to help get you to that point. Totally. Capacity is so important for your suppliers, right? Otherwise you just can't sell anything, right? Like you could be yeah. the best marketer in the world. And if you don't have product to sell, it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, if you're out, they say, Oh, it's a good problem. If you're out, you're like, well, it's still a problem. So it is. It's still, it's totally a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to move on to our lightning round here. Uh, what is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Honestly, the Shopify app. It's one of my favorite things out there. I use, I mean, Shopify is my go-to. That's what I use my sales platform for. Yeah. Um, I love how you can look into the back end and, and see all the analytics of like what's working and what's not and how many customers you're getting in a day. And, you know, I can update inventory live time straight from my phone. So it doesn't matter where I'm at. Um, so I absolutely love Shopify. I used to be selling on Squarespace. Um, and Squarespace just wasn't really built for e-commerce brands. No, uh, not scaling. scaling either. Not scaling at all. No. It's more of like an art gallery, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, switching over to Shopify was one of the best things that I did. And honestly, like there's so many different add-ons and features that you can go to really automate your business. Like I just brought in the app. I'm using the app Clad Clavio for my yeah. email marketing. Awesome. Good. And amazing app. I mean, I wish that they, I wish that they made an actual Clavio app. 
I'm just yeah. I mean, you know, that's a, that's the one drawback, but I'm sure they're working on something over there. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. I know. I think about that all the time too. Like basically every brand that we work with and that we own as well is all on Klaviyo. Like it's just, it's kind of the, the gold standard, right? For email. Um, and yeah, that's totally one of the pain points. Like get an app. <laughs> People want to be able to send stuff like, you know, send a quick email from, from their phone. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. Another app that I really like to use personally is Asana. It's a it's kind of like a workflow organization. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Use that at all? It's it's uh, amazing. We, we did uh, at our agency. We used to use Asana. We switched over to Monday. Um, we, it just it worked a little bit better with our workflow. But yeah, I mean, it was really like Asana. I was using Asana for years and years. Yeah, I really yeah. Love it. it's so nice. I mean, I use it for I don't say I use it for like everything when it comes to even reaching out to individual retailers and stuff. I have like an entire like load chart working on that. So oh, it's a really nice way to organize everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, favorite podcast that you're listening to right now? <laughs> Mindful marketing. Uh, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, no, actually, well, yes, obviously, but uh, close second. Um, yes. A podcast in Washington um, is made by one of its uh, local radio station hosts. Uh, her name is Carla Marie, and it's called Side Hustlers Podcast. Okay. Basically, it's a, it's a podcast where she interviews people who have you know full time day jobs, and then they have side hustles going on. And uh, she interviews tons of like smaller entrepreneurs, um, business owners, all these things. And you just learn so much from their stories. And Carla Marie is such a, like a, a loud, vivacious, and like entertaining personality to kind of like listen to. Cool. Um, I was actually at her podcast back in November, and so that's kind of how I discovered her. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, she's killing it though. I'm super proud of her. Like the work that she does is really great, and she's you can tell that she genuinely cares about the small business owners that she works or interviews. Um, so that's a really fun podcast. I listen to. I highly recommend that to anybody looking to start a business or. Say somebody's like working full time and wants to do a side hustle. Yeah, definitely side hustlers. Yeah, cool, cool. We'll put that in the show notes. That's great. And is there a founder that you look up to? Yeah, tons of them actually. <laughs> uh, so honestly, like Stephen Borelli is one of the guys I really do look up to. Um, cool, cool. That's I know, awesome. I know, I know about Stephen from a uh, got big cohort, uh, the big cohort down in uh, LA. Yeah. Uh, there's also um, Taylor Offer from Feet. Eat socks. I think he does sweatshirts now. Um, yeah. I was looking he's up huge. him. He's huge on LinkedIn. Oh, he's huge on You follow his, him on LinkedIn? Oh yeah, his posts come up for me like five times a day. I know. I yeah. think he has his like LinkedIn playbook, and yeah, he's he's a really cool dude. I think he's like my age too. And like we linked up when I was in New York, uh, January last year, and like just a straight up genuine dude, super cool, like really fun to kind of learn from him. Like it was just kind of when I first started out from the ground up cool like he sat down with me for a straight hour and was just like spoon feeding me information and i was just like you know what this guy's super cool so that is definitely that's those amazing. guys yeah and any of those big guys i mean honestly the guys who started movement watches yeah. big inspiration as well these big are all people i've had on my podcast <laughs> really oh taylor is on the podcast too no not taylor but i i had uh i had one of the movement watching watches guys on the other day we actually oh, haven't published man. it yet so Super cool guys. Yeah, absolutely. So super, super inspired by them. Um, yeah. That's awesome. That is just, yeah, that's great. This is a great conversation. I really, really enjoyed this. It was really refreshing and, and super cool to talk to another Pacific Northwestern. Um, mm -hmm. Not that we totally. consider ourselves that we're in Canada. We're, we're kind of removed. Yeah, from, <laughs> yeah, we consider this actually the Pacific Southwest. <laughs> yeah. There you, go. there you go. There you go. 
honestly, if we can carve out like an entire section for our own country, we would definitely throw BC in there. So. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Oh yeah, going yeah. down to Washington, it's like ah, you're just kind of one of those Canadians. Yeah, exactly. We take you know, we take BC, Washington, Oregon, California, and oh, we take Idaho for the potatoes. Yeah, maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it yeah. one day. I'd love to. I'd love to get into politics and just take over that side of the country. This is our time, Jordan. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being on. Where can people find out more about you? Totally. Uh, they can go to our website, FTGU. That's from the ground up acronym, FTGUSocks.com. Uh, we also do a lot of social media work, um, FTGUSocks. It's the same Instagram handle. Cool. Uh, if you subscribe to our newsletter, we have discounts. We keep you up to date with like our latest information, new merchandise release, discounts, and all that stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I really, really appreciate your time today. Yeah, appreciate it too, Jordan. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.